0: Do you ever wonder what the medical industry would be like if the practitioners incorporated soul and all their soul gifts as healers, as seers, as mystics? Do you ever wonder what that would look like? Well, if you do, it actually requires us to step out of the closet and start shining those gifts into the world and be brave and courageous. Today, we'll be talking with Vanessa Rodriguez, who is an intuitive nourishment guide and creatrix behind the Feed Your Wild podcast, and she is on this mission to remember the soul back into medicine. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show,
1: the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted. The world if you believe
0: to join us on this beautiful journey. Soul show. Soul show. Well, Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably deeper into an understanding of ourselves and the world around us. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having these conversations week after week. And today we're going to have a conversation about a topic that is near and dear to my heart as a healer and as someone who supports others to become healers and strong medicine. I am very, very excited about our topic today of daring to shine as a healer. So just take a moment, even before we begin, and consider how does that word word land for you? How does that word healer resonate in your being? When you hear that, what do you conjure up inside your mind? What do you think? Where does your brain accept it? Where does your brain reject it? And what do you feel inside of you when you think about that? Because we have assorted history as healers on this planet, and we're in a new time, and a new dawn, and a new day, and we get to confront all of the past with love, with understanding, with forgiveness as we move forward into a new path for a new earth. And I really deeply know in my heart that all of us are here to be healers of ourselves at the very least, and some of us feel called to be so in a greater expansive way. And so today we're going to have a beautiful conversation about shining, shining as that healer. So take a moment, access the healer within, the one that knows that he is here for this, the one that knows that she is called to this. Take a moment and just feel that within, open your heart, open your ears, shut up all the distractions and just come into space with us. Today, our guest is Vanessa Rodriguez. Welcome, Vanessa.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Vanessa is an intuitive nourishment guide and creatrix behind the Feed Your Wild podcast. And she's on a mission to remember the soul back into medicine, helping wild hearted practitioners and healers step out of the spiritual closet and into their soul calling and medicine through intuitive based healing work, embracing their unique gifts. And
1: I'm just so excited to have you here, Vanessa, for this conversation. I am too. Over on my podcast, we had a brilliant conversation with you. And I'm just so excited to see what threads want to come through today. Me too.
0: So I know that this is your passion, you know, to help people overcome that imposter syndrome, to help us get over that stigma of, oh, you're bringing some spirituality woo woo into my science practice. Mm -hmm. And so tell us a little bit about your own journey to coming to this place of wanting to teach it to others.
1: Yes. Well, I am formally trained as a clinical nutritionist. I'm a certified nutrition specialist. I've been doing that for the past uh, 12 years. And I started off as a health coach, but what really got me on that path as a a healing practitioner is my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer. She was the first in our family uh, that we know of. And now knowing what I know, you know, being in the industry, that's the most common uh, scenario is actually new cases within the family that pop up. And so it really took me down this rabbit hole. My, inv- I put on my investigator and detective hat on, and I wanted to get to the root of why. And all the while, she was doing more conventional medicine. We didn't know another way. Uh, you know, my family is from Puerto Rico. A lot of the disconnection from traditional mode, modes of healing, just like it, we didn't have it. There was that disconnection there. So while I knew that there's herbs and food, like somehow it would support us, I didn't know how to implement it, but that was my orientation. So I wanted to learn more. So I dove deep. And, you know, back then... Google wasn't as good. There wasn't as much information on holistic healing. And especially, you know, what we might call, what people might call woo woo types of practices weren't really in your face or in the zeitgeist as they are now. And, you know, like Reiki's everywhere. Like it's really beautiful how things have really blossomed and unfolded. Uh, There's still a lot more to go. However, at that time, it was really difficult to find anything like that. So I found myself in these rabbit holes of these forums, these like underground forums online that were sort of these alternative healing forums. And that was my first taste of this alternative healing world. And it stemmed from alternative ways of utilizing actual electricity and energy and more like scientific realms, but things that were definitely not conventional. To herbalism, to nutrition and detoxing—that was the first time that I really understood detoxing at that point. And of course, more spiritually oriented and energetic practices. And so I was thrown into this world, (laughs) sort of in the deep end and swimming in it by myself. All the while, my mom kind of going through the checklist that they do in the conventional medical circles. Right? Every—they don't really—it's not patient-centered person-centered. It's not holistic. There's a checklist. And then once you get to the end of the checklist, if there's nothing else that they can do for you, then that's it. And that's what ended up happening with my mom. So that really catalyzed my desire and need really to save my mom. Like I had that feeling of, I need to save my mom, which of course, that's a lot of pressure for a young person. And that's not what I was there that I was supposed to do. You know her path was to cross over, which she eventually did, and mm-hmm. I feel that her journey, not just, really informed me of this whole new world, but it really shaped our entire family trajectory of of how we are today. Because we did start to implement some of that, albeit in the late stages. It was kind of too late already for her, and that's you know when my parents sort of surrendered and said, "Okay, we'll listen to this crazy daughter of ours," <laughs> who's saying, "Hey, try this, try that." And what was astounding, though, toward the end of uh, her like her journey with breast cancer, is that she actually did get better for a little bit. She was in this treatment center that was holistic, and she was doing all these really beautiful practices. And her cancer markers were getting great, which was a, a literal miracle. But because of the c- conventional medical paradigm and insurance industry, we ran out of money, and there was no more insurance or money to pay for for anything. And so we had to come back home and try to do our best with what we had a- at home. And that's when her health took a turn and unfortunately she passed. She ended up crossing over. And that was my initiation into my spiritual awakening, which really started while she was getting sick and and you know, of course I think so many people who are intuitive and spiritually inclined which we're all intuitive. It's just whether you know how much is it online, right? Are we aware of it? It's a lot of us have that when we were kids, and then it goes dormant, right? Or like as a young person, and then goes dormant, and and so it was reawakened, and I had a lot of memories as a kid of certain things and kind of shutting it down because not fully understanding. And so a lot of this stuff started to open up because of this traumatic experience, albeit transformative experience that I had of losing my mother and being with her while she was dying, but also because I wanted so badly to know and connect with her on the other side, right? And I... Would pray, and I started to go to psychics and intuitives and he- energy healers. And I didn't want to suffer the same fate, and I didn't want my family to do so either. So we, all of us, really changed the way that we lived, our lifestyle, our diets. And I ended up going back to school and, you know, getting my like, master's and licensure and all of that, so that I could do more clinical work. However. All the while, in my personal life, I was doing this deep spiritual work and this journey, but I never, ever anticipated or had the thought or desire that I would be doing this as my life's work, right, or professionally as a as a healer. And it wasn't until A little further along in my clinical career, where I was actually doing pretty well for myself, I was working with some renowned clinics and doing studies and one, for example, the Bredesen Protocol, which is um, Dale Bredesen, who wrote the end of Alzheimer's book, and like really profound stuff. So we were doing a lot of really cool things. But what I started to realize was I would be in session with a patient or a client And I would get intuitive messages about what was going on with the person that had nothing to do with their diet. It had nothing to do with the herbs that they were or were not taking, right? The supplements. And I had to really come to terms with what I came at a point, it was sort of like this pivot point in my practice of do I keep going and just withhold this information and feel like I'm limited in my capacity to really help them? And also, of course, in those circles, like in very clinical circles, to you know, start speaking in those way and touching on those things. And a lot of the patients and clients were not open to that, working with people who are not open to that kind of healing and that kind of potential for transformation or, or hearing and receiving these intuitive messages. So I had quite a while, I str- I'm very stubborn, <laughs> so kind of like, you know, universe has to push me onto the path, because I'm kind of like that little birdie that doesn't want to get leave the nest. So Spirit did that for me with, with a couple of clients, which I felt like I had no choice but to really share and deliver certain intuitive messages. And they were ready to hear it. You know, they were at that point where they were really and what ended up happening was they not only confirmed but it was like a life-changing session for them because they felt seen, they felt heard, they felt validated because so much of what they had experienced and what they felt was true and what was going on beneath the chronic illness or whatever it was, was validated and true. And here was a person who was reflecting that back to them. And so I didn't even do anything other than simply be that reflection for them, right? And how powerfully healing that was for them Because they felt so understood and and validated and, oh, my gosh, like, this is real. I'm not crazy. And maybe there's something that I can do about this instead of running circles and trying all these different supplements and spending thousands of dollars on XYZ. So that was my sort of initiation onto that path. And another initiation point, which was connected back with my mom, interestingly, her primary care provider, her doctor, at the end of her life shared a an integrative therapist with her and said this woman is very special and I think you should work with her right now like sort of end of life preparing her and she sounded super cool and I was like I want to I want to know this woman and the doctor was like but it's not for you it's for your mother you know this is a very special relationship and I was like who is this woman I want to I'm I'm taking care of my mom right I'm part of the caretaking team I need to know who she's dealing with plus I want to know this woman (laughs) So I signed up for her newsletter and I started to kind of stalk her, to be honest, which is what I do, like investigation. And what I saw with my mom was how deeply healing the sessions were for her. And I ended up finding out that um, her name is Susan Lipschitz. She's a medicine woman. She's an astrologer. She's all these beautiful things in a form of an integrative therapist, psychotherapist, that package that was still received through the clinical world. Right. But she was kind of working under the radar with all these beautiful, expansive practices and wisdom. And so I was so grateful because I saw even at the end of her days, just how healing it was for my mom and coming at peace with certain things and just having a lot of her anxiety be settled and having a sense of groundedness and connection to spirit. So Lo and behold, a a few, like my mom ended up passing. And then a few months after that, I went to see a psychic because I wanted to connect with my mom. And I got my Akashic Records read. And I had never heard about Akashic Records, but I was like, this sounds kind of cool. You know, I saw this guy for Reiki and tarot, like, and he suggested Akashic Records. Let me try it out. And in the session, he was telling me all these things that were validating, true, like, really insightful. And then at the end, he says, oh, and you're supposed to come into this work, too. And you're going to come to know the Akashic Records in the way that I know them. And I was like, this guy tells everybody that, right? Like, total, like, oh, okay, great. Yeah, you want me to keep coming back and, like, you know, fanning my flames and and making me feel good or whatever. You probably tell everybody this. Well, that same week, probably a few days later, I received an email from none other than Susan Lipschitz, the integrative psychotherapist that worked with my mom, who said for the first time in, it was like 10 years or something, she was opening up her training for Akashic Records and she was inviting her list to do so. And so I said, okay, this is an opening, a door, an invitation. I have to do this. Like I was fully lit up. And then it was history from there. She became a mentor of mine, a deep friend, still is. And Akashic Record work has been integral in my own spiritual awakening process, but also in integrating within my work, my work as a clinician, and now my work in supporting those who are coming into this work themselves and coming out of the so-called spiritual closet, overcoming imposter syndrome around it, connecting to their intuitive gifts, amplifying them, alchemizing blocks, you know, all of that beautiful stuff. And really because my mission is to bring that soul back into medicine, right? And the, like the original healers, the indigenous healers, the, the wisdom keepers of traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, I mean, it was holistic, truly holistic in that it incorporated spirit. And so why can't we bring that back into Western medicine as well? And so that's where my path is right now, the, the winding road that has led me here. And I never, ever would have anticipated that I would be doing this work. No, it's such a beautiful
0: story, Vanessa. Thank you for sharing that with such beautiful heart and transparency and beauty. Um, gosh, I my heart goes out to you with your mom's journey. And I also see the dance of souls. You know, it's like the souls that say, We're going to experience this together and I'm going to help you get on your path, daughter, to where you need to be. What a generous heart for your mom
1: to be in that for you. Mm -hmm. I feel that so deeply and it took me a long time to, like, I even feel the emotions coming up. It took me a long time to come into that understanding and be at peace with that, you know, because we were very close. and. I connect with her on the other side now in different ways. I feel like, you know, there's evolutionary process even on the other side, right, of a spirit. And so the way that we connect is different than it has been before, but it's so it's so lovely and beautiful and I feel her presence. So I feel really grateful that I'm open to feeling that because I know how, I mean, we can feel so much despair around loss of loved ones and really hard to get out of that grief cycle. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I understand from the perspective of losing my dad, how that feels. And and it is interesting when you are a spiritual person and you have access to your intuition and your higher chakras and your feeling senses, you can definitely know that that loved one is right there with you and that you can still have that conversation. And I think that's a special blessing for those of us that have that gift to be able to connect still with the lo- the loved one. And everybody else, well, it's a great excitement to develop that skill so that you can connect with your loved ones beyond the veil. Yeah, it's beautiful. Gosh, so much here that's gorgeous to explore. I think that one of the main things I wanted to also comment on when you were sharing your story is the tragedy of the Western medical insurance structure that did not support what was actually working to make your mom better, that it even despite that evidence that this is what was working for your mom to make her better, wasn't going to offer the necessary resources to help her to continue that path of healing. And I'm running up against my own blocks in that regard as well, where there's just like these gaps in Western medicine where they just don't seem to be able to understand um, anything outside of that checklist you were talking about. And then the holistic treatment or the, the treatment of the whole person, body, mind, spirit, soul, you know, that, that's not really, they're not really understanding that piece. So there's kind of a limited efficacy right now of those um, modalities. And also what you said about your mentor, you know, being a medicine woman and still having her like licensure, right? So she's like, okay, I'm a psychotherapist. I'm required to give you a diagnosis. I'm going to just kind of like do that on the side and get rid of that, and then do actually the work that is going to help you rather than whatever the textbook said. Yes, which
1: is so brave. You know, she is really, I see her really as a pioneer in that way in terms of integrating those two worlds. Because especially at that time, I mean, she's been in practice for well over 30 years. And to do so at, at such an early stage, it really did have to be underground, so to speak, like under the radar. And not that she was doing anything illegal, but it was it was purely because she would no longer then have patients be referred to her, right? Like there was a whole system in place that you kind of had to play the game. And I do feel that it's shifting now a little bit, you know, at least like in the circles that I'm a part of and there's a lot more openness to it there's a lot more talk and understanding and realization and studies available of the efficacy of a lot of these beautiful practices and and tools and so i think there is an an openness and we're yet we're still at the beginning i think of what we could say is like that new earth intuitive healing, like that that's what I call from struggling empath to new earth intuitive healer. What is new earth intuitive healing? As we move into the Aquarian age, we're sort of like the builders of the bridge to that. And so what do we need to put into place? And it's going to probably be a slow process, albeit I think it feels like exponentially growing, but it's still going to be a slow process. Probably we're not going to see it in our lifetime where it's fully integrated and accepted in this beautiful, you know, new earth paradigm of healing. I I pray for that to come into being, but I feel like there's a, there's also a lot of forces that are working against it, conscious or not.
0: Yeah. And there's, um, there's a lot of misunderstandings, right? Because if you haven't actually had that kind of awakening yourself, then you You don't really understand it. You think it's not true or, you know, you want to argue with it. It's like if you're before you wake up, you have one lens that you're looking at life through and everything you see, your reticular activating system is showing you a certain kind of reality that is congruent with what you expect. And it's only when you wake up that then you can look back and see the data completely differently from a whole different perspective you know, then you understand what everyone's been saying this whole time that you thought was woo woo and crazy, but you don't understand until you wake up. And so before you wake up, you're sort of, and people don't like this talk, which I think is why now there's like this whole national, like woke people and do, you know, this whole thing going on (laughs) is because they're angry because they know they're not getting it, but they don't know why or what it is or how can, you know, and so they just think it's mean and they're just angry because they're not woke, you know? And it's like, no, you're not. So, I'm sorry. I mean, you either are or you aren't. You either get it or you don't get it. There's kind of like, there's not a whole lot of gray area. It's kind of like orgasm. You either had one before or you didn't. And then you, you might have had one and you doubted and you're not sure. And then you did, you know, and then, you know, you did, you know, there's no doubt anymore. It's kind of like that. It's like, you either woke or you're not. And if you're not yet, you just keep working on it. It'll open up, you know, just keep yeah. trying, but open up, flood yourself with light. But for those of us who are straddling this these worlds, right, because you know, the thing that also gets me, you know, that I just want to say out loud is that there's a lot of therapists like your like your mentor who leave the psychotherapy world because it starts to become untenable to hold a position there while knowing that most of what's being taught is lower vibrational understanding of things. And so it's really hard to continue to be a member of a of an institution that is not accurate and is it is uh, restrictive to a not accurate level. It's really hard to continue being part of that. And so a lot of really expert psychotherapists leave the model and start just charging people, you know, as healers or as intuitives or and they have to pay out of pocket now. Mm-hmm. Right? And but to get effective treatment you have to pay out of pocket as the same as like addiction centers where the addiction centers that you can get paid for on your insurance plan nine times out of 10 are not doing the things that actually would help you heal the addiction. Mm. They're kind of helping you just cope with it and using modalities that just help you cope, but things that would actually expand you and help you to heal those you have to pay for out of pocket. So, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of ground. We need some more woke people to stay in the system like your mentor and start educating other people and helping them to wake up to see this different perspective so that and maybe even be a witness to some of this healing, right? To be a witness to it. Once you're a witness to this kind of healing, there is no going back. Like, you know that it works, you know, so until then you have your
1: doubts, right? Yeah. And it's so sticky. I agree with you. And she's still doing her work as a integrative psychotherapist, which is so amazing. And she feels that that is really part of her calling here, you know, to stand ground and to be that, um, to also be accessible in terms of like payment and things like that for people while we are currently in this, you know, the west Western medical insurance industry paradigm. And one thing that I do see though that is starting to shift, and I and I believe that this is where we're going as well, is really building parallel systems, right? That are like we're opting out of this system, realizing, and that's part of the woke piece, right? Like we as more and more people wake up, and hopefully people that are like have these beautiful administrative skills and like logistical skills that can put together. Parallel systems and some, for example, like health shares versus health insurance is one example. You know, there's there's no perfect model right now or community aggregated resources. And and what does that look like now if it's global, like we have global networks, not just like our lived community in like in a in a real physical way. So I think there's a lot that's going to, and especially with technology now, there's going to be a lot that is going to come through. At least I'm hopeful. (laughs) And like my Aquarius moon is like, yeah, tech, like we're going to use tech for like power and beauty and healing, right? For the people. (laughs) Um, That's my, that's my dream and my hope. But I do see glimmers of that. And what I, I even have like seeds of certain projects that are, you know, coming through to me and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, this really is going to take a village to do." And so, that's why when you when you spoke of the healer and and having people really tune into what that means for them, I also I had a lot of problems with that word when I first came to it because I thought, "Oh, healer means that I think that I'm healing another person." And now my understanding of healer is truly in stepping into my gifts of service and simply showing up in the fullest way that I'm able to in service of the collective. So you don't have to be a healing artist or practitioner, right, to be a healer. You can be a healer in your family dynamics. You can be a healer in your community. Um, You can be a healer in innovation, like we're talking about, of these parallel systems. There's so much healing in so many areas that's needed. So I'm all about discovering what kind of healer are you? What kind of healing are you feeling called to bow in service to? And that you feel called to. Not everybody will feel called to be in service. And that's beautiful. Everybody has their own role. But for those who are, you don't have to necessarily aspire to be a medicine person or, you know, an herbalist. Or You can work with your gifts and, and lean into those. And so that's, that's where I have everybody start when I'm, when I'm working with them is let's t- shut off all the noise out there because there's a lot of noise, <laughs> especially in social media and just like a lot of people that are claiming they do this and that. And let's focus on you and what do you desire and where do you come from and what is that calling? What's that soul path that is, just will not let you go? It has its grips on you, you know, which I felt like that's how I was. I used to work in an office for a financial firm, an alternative investment firm. Don't ask me how we got into that. Money is a whole nother. The money world is a whole nother thing that I have to re-enter, which is an interesting story. But anyway, I used to work in an alternative financial firm. I worked in a cubicle. I remember sitting there and being like, literally, my soul is dying. My soul is dying. Like, that's how I was feeling. And I had this crisis and nothing else was wrong. I wasn't like broke. You know, I didn't have any, my mom wasn't sick yet, but I had that feeling. And so that's when I started to see these alternative health practitioners because I was like, something's wrong with me. And them reflecting back to me, well, like, you're not living a life that's aligned. And so then you have to take like, what does that mean? Well, what is aligned? And then, you know, start to open up to all of that, which sometimes the universe does that for you. (laughs) So it wasn't my case.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, our whole money system needs to be healed. That's another whole thing that's uh, out of balance. And, you know, yeah, being a healer can happen in many ways. And I've shared this with people. You know, it's like, I'm going to teach you some ways to use the MESA to perform healing, right? And then you can use it for anything. You can use it for aspects of yourself. You can use it for family system. You can use it for your relationship with money. You can use it for anything. You can use it for another person. And we're all part of the same consciousness. So the idea of using it for another person is kind of like just using it for you and the other body, you know? So and kind of like changing how we think about things. I'm the imposter syndrome for me was interesting to overcome because I had so many years as a person going to see the expert psychotherapist and having the diagnosis, right? And so having this idea that I was crazy. And so then when I started doing, I was called to do healing work, like you're saying, like, take the invitation, you know, go ahead and do it and follow the path. I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this. But I definitely, they think I'm definitely crazy now. Because, (laughs) you know, now I'm talking about like spirits, and I can hear them. And you know, I'm listening, and I can get messages, and I'm channeling guidance. And they're like, you're just schizophrenic or some crazy thing like that, right? Like, and like, no, I actually, I can feel it, I can hear it. And That was, it took me a while to get to the place where I felt like I could come back to the psychotherapy industry as a former client and have some things to say from a grounded place of knowing myself and knowing my truth and being a healer medicine woman that a lot of people come to, right? And get good insights and good information. I had to really get grounded in myself that, yeah, this is true and how many more times do I need spirit to bring me somebody that affirms what I just said you know, like before I believe it myself? Right. That's that imposter syndrome, right? And until we're kind of through that, it is hard for us to fully shine, isn't it?
1: Yes. Oh my, there's so much in that. Um, and I think you are speaking the story of so many people, and especially in the healing realms, but even outside and beyond the healing realms, too. But I will say that, like inside of my my program, a practitioner's program everybody, 100% have said that they feel imposter syndrome. And these are therapists, doctors, nurses, right? Like they've been in the world and some of them incredibly sensitive and intuitive and psychic. So they've been receiving things and literally saying, I feel like I'm crazy. If I say this, my colleague is gonna think I'm wacko because I'm a therapist and I understand how they are gonna think, right? About me. And then coming into a community and getting reflected back to them the same messages that they've been receiving, you know, or validation of their gifts, which I think to a certain level, when we're experiencing imposter syndrome, we do need evidence. We need evidence for validation for ourselves. It's not so much to, to continue seeking that validation externally, but we do have to Cultivate evidence by doing the work and showing up and seeing it reflected and mirrored back. Like you were saying, how you know the impact on your clients and and the results and all of that and what they're telling you, and how coming into a community, whether it's you know a Facebook group or you know your local moon circle or um, just gathering a group of like minded folks that you know of, and talking about this in a safe and brave space. It's a really healing thing to do. I was able to do that in a moon circle led by my mentor years ago. And that was kind of my first foray into that and the power of community and supporting our collective healing and awakening process. So, community is really, really important when it comes to that, and especially with the imposter syndrome thing. But there's also blocks, right, that we have from life, inherited programming, from ancestry, from our family from the, the greater world, social media, media in general, so much programming that we have to decondition and deprogram. And we can do that organically through our work and as we grow and see the evidence, but there are some really deep-seated ones, right? That maybe be like our soul level, our like past life, our ancestral and and it is most likely part of our dharma and karma to alchemize those in this life, if if like we're up for the task, right? And so I see that a lot for people. Uh, some of the most common ones that we see we would call a witch wound. So having the the actual somatic experience of being attacked, brutalized, killed. For your gifts or for practice as a healer, just like an herbalist, right? I mean, there is medicine women and medicine people of all types having been persecuted for the work and and because of, you know, religious dogma and all that kind of stuff, right? So we carry that. We carry that in ourselves. We carry that in our imprint and our soul record. And there's a lot of other things that we carry through our past lives and through our familial connections, attachments, right? Like we can have attachments that's not even us that that we can experience. And so it's about putting on our detective hat and diving into those, diving in, into those shadowy places. And there's a lot of different medicine paths to be able to do that, right? There, I don't think there is one right way to do it. I think you have to discover what that is for you, which means following your intuition, following that inner compass. And that means getting silent enough to listen to it, actually paying attention and then following through, which is really hard for some people. It was really hard for me. That was the, one of the first things that I heard when my spiritual awakening, like I would hear it as a voice, like literally in my ear, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. I was like, what? Pay attention to what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, like in the middle of making like kimchi or something in my kitchen, it's like, well, pay attention to what? So anyway, it's it's really about... Cultivating that time and that space to be able to be fully present so that we can tune into that inner compass and follow these breadcrumbs that eventually lead us into the paths of alchemizing these blocks, like uncovering them, discovering them. Maybe it's finding a healer like you, Carrie, to help them assist them in doing that. Maybe it's following a certain path or tool or modality that they learn and then they get to do that themselves. So there's a lot there. (laughs) And so many different blocks that we've seen like within there. I kind of use my group as like a case study, right? Because it's a bunch of healers that have come through and they all have very common blocks that, that we're working through. Money blocks are a big one too, by the way. So I'm sure you can speak a lot to that because I remember you speak. I think I heard you on another podcast talking about, you know, the healing world and money and all of that, which would be a beautiful conversation someday. But yeah. Anyway, it's it's all there available for us. You know, It's all an invitation. And I think it just takes that attention and the courage to, to step forward and face it.
0: Yeah. And the courage to face it, because as we feel it to heal it, we are dissolving the past. We're no longer bringing that forward anymore. It's kind of like if we're afraid of something and we don't address it, then we almost like encourage it to come in again. So we want to feel that thing and actually heal it, right, so that we stop that whole pattern. And from what I understand, we're not in a time now where we're going to have that kind of stuff happen again. It's not like before. We're in a definitely waking up time. There's a lot of support for us, everybody to wake up. So those of us who feel like we're on the front lines and like, "Uh oh, here we go again. (laughs) No, no. But you can have that feeling in your body. It's terrifying. And I'll tell you, when I was um, starting my path with my mentor in in a different moon circle and. I was feeling that in my body. I didn't even know, you know, cause you don't know, you don't necessarily know that's what it is at some point. Like you have to figure that out. And I was like, man, I just feel like they're going to attack me or I'm just angry at these Christian people. I don't even know why I'm so angry with them. And I feel like they're just going to attack me and all this kind of stuff. And I was tapping into Jesus because that was an unhealed wound, right? From this Christian thing. So I was tapping into Jesus and I was listening and Jesus is like, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. It's okay. You know, they didn't know what they were doing. They made a mistake. And I was like, I know, but I lost my life. I really liked that
1: life. It's a right (laughs) mistake.
0: Yeah. And I said, I really liked that life. And he, he, and then he said, well, um, you got another life. Look at the life you have now. And I said, yes. And I really like this life. And he said, well, you always like every life. And if you lose this one, you'll get another one. And I was like, I hear you. But I still don't like that answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Hear you, you what you're saying. Easy to say as a disembodied being. I really high don't like it, though. <laughs> Not exactly happy. I had to
0: work really hard to get to this place in my life. And I really don't want it all destroyed now because somebody loses their dang mind. No, I want to continue going because I'm on a good roll right now. And I learned a lot of lessons in my hard work. I don't want to come back in and do all that again. So anyway, we can feel that way. And it's okay if you do. I'm here with you to acknowledge you in all the ways you feel about that. Anyway, we're <laughs> we're running up against the end of the broadcast now, but I wanted to just ask, is there anything else that you want to encourage people, these healers and and to see themselves in this light and to shine? Anything else is coming to you to share?
1: Yes. Well, one main message that I keep receiving, because I'll I'll do these collective channelings. I'll just tune in to the collective that is open to it, right? Uh, and and tap into the akashic records and just ask like, what is the highest message that we need to hear now? And I've been doing that for every month uh, for quite a, what quite some time. So there's lots that comes through, but there's a through line. And the through line is about connecting back to our body, to our senses and our voice and the power of our voice. And I think that in this time in particular, there's a there's absolutely a reclamation that's happening for so many types of people around the world, around voice. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be opposition. Clearly there is, right? We see it in the news. And there's still attacks and there's still dangers around that. But we live at a time now, like speaking of it, which when we really do live at a time, most of us have that privilege to be able to sh- hop on a mic and share our voice, right? Like we have podcasts, what would that have been available, you know, even like 50 years ago for a woman? And, and I mean, like if the technology was there. And so there is this invitation for all of us to tune into what is your voice, your unique voice, and the message that is in your heart and through your divine connection and your connection to Mama Earth, Gaia, that wants to come through you, through your beautiful instrument, right? through your vocal cords, through your your filtering, your, your blueprint and divi- divine design expression. And that that is going to add into this fabric this this greater symphony of music that needs to be sung in this time for healing and that's for on so many levels and and they're they're quite clear that it's not just you know getting clear on your voice and activating your throat chakra and like doing healing energetically but it's actually using your voice in day-to-day like mundane things so what are your boundaries? Are you upholding them with your words? Right? Are you staying true to your words? I remember you brought up the four agreements in our last conversation, absolutely in this time, like double down on those, <laughs> right? And even writing. Like if you're if you're not so comfortable yet in speaking, getting a piece of paper and do inspirational writing. You know, I I encourage practices of automatic writing, but I like to refer to it as inspirational writing now because Automatic writing, we can that could be c- coming from anywhere, right? It could be coming from like lower levels of our subconscious or like other places that maybe aren't we're not wanting to invite in. But if we call in like inspirational messages and insights and in doing that kind of automatic writing, it's so profound what can come through. And even if it's just private, just for you, you don't have to show it to anybody the healing that can happen and the shifts that can change like on an energetic level and the codes, right. That get activated within you. And you're like, Whoa, I had that in me, you know, like who said that? (laughs) And that's beautiful or that's powerful. And then you can start to share it with the people that, that you feel most comfortable with. And that has been a a path of mine. And I have a ton in Gemini and Chiron, like my wounded healer and Gemini and all about communication and voice I created a whole program um, years ago called Feed Your Wild Voice because I had so much even physical stuff going on with my throat for years. I had a lot of healing I had to do. And then what's my work? My primary work is utilizing my voice, right? Like being a channel, having a podcast. It's so interesting. So everybody has a unique message and voice to share. And it's very clear that that is what we need to tap into and to actually get it out there into the greater world.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that through for all of us, Vanessa. That's gorgeous. And we are all unique. We all have a unique thumbprint. We are all designed to be unique. We're not meant to be the same and conform. We're meant to be unique. And when we actually follow that and speak our truth, things get cleaned up really quick because you can't bypass conflict. You get to peace. You actually got to go through it. Yeah, as uncomfortable as that is, (laughs) it's the truth. Well, thanks for coming on. I know that you have a free gift you're giving our audience, Dare to Shine Healer webinar. It's like three hour webinar that you recorded. Thank you so much. And it's at wildly, wildly rooted.com forward slash imposter syndrome. I will put that in the notes. And the coupon code is Nectar. So you guys go get that webinar. It sounds fantastic. I'm so excited for you guys to check that out. And please like, subscribe, share, Tell your friends about it. And anybody else who maybe's on the fence, like secretly wishing they could practice um, intuition inside their psychotherapy session, please share this broadcast with that person. I so would love it if you did. And I, I'm in a mission to like help all psychotherapists get outside the box. And get into like this expansion so we can revolutionize the industry and make it actually useful so the insurance pays for what people actually need that's helping them, not just like the check boxes that just help them cope, but like what actually heals them. So please help me do that by sharing this out with whoever you know that's in the industry. And they can say, I'm if you're watching this back and you are one of those people and you think I'm oh, woo-woo, well, that's okay. You can tell me. I'm okay with that. I'm fine. <laughs> just let these seeds sprinkle into your brain a little bit longer and we'll see what happens. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to give everybody kisses now. You want to help me, uh, Vanessa, give kisses? Absolutely. Butterfly kisses, like your butterflies. Kisses, (laughs) whatever kisses you want to give. Here they come, everybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love you guys so much. (laughs) Thanks for coming on, everybody. I'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. Thank you so much, Carrie. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Soul, nectar show,
1: soul, soul nectar. Show. take a soul 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 from the